everyone, and welcome to Stone's Top 10s, where I will be ranking my top 10 favorites in different categories. My name is Anna Stone, and in season one, we have explored my favorite romantic comedies with a variety of my friends. We worked backwards through the list from 10 to 1 with a few bonus episodes because I am terrible at making decisions. Uh, this is kind of a whole new era here because next season I'm going to add some like never scenes and we decided to just throw it in here at the end of season one too. Um, so this is how this came about. If you have any suggestions, you can contact me and I may just like pop in an extra episode at the end of the season like I'm doing right now. Um, so you can email me with any suggestions or positive feedback at stonestop10s at gmail.com, no apostrophe in the email address. If you'd like to get updates about when episodes are coming out, please subscribe to Stones Top 10s on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your pods. And you can also follow me on Instagram at stonestop10s to get updates too. So let's welcome today's guest host, Mark Summerside. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Going well. I am recording from Baltimore, Maryland, from a haunted hotel. So if you hear any background noise, I apologize. (laughs) I I love that. Um, If you hear background noise here, it's definitely the dogs or the farmer because (laughs) he's harvesting right now. So a little bit of a different vibe. (laughs) How are you doing? I am good. I'm having, it's finally getting cold. So that makes me happy. Oh, same here. I cannot (laughs) wait for fall. Same. So today we are going to be discussing a bonus pick, which is 2019's Someone Great. Um, So before I go into a brief summary of this film, I'm going to explain why this is a bonus episode. Um, So this was not on my list. Uh, Listener and longtime friend, like what, since you were born, (laughs) Um, reached out and brought it to my attention saying I should watch it and see if it would fit. Um, So there's more of these next season. And I thought it would be a really great way to end season one is to kind of have another one. So you are getting my real time first watch reactions to this movie. And I'm so excited because I loved it. It made me cry, um, (laughs) which I yelled at you for. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, it made me cry too many times so it's okay i'm glad it's not just me um i still don't think it would have made my top 10 for a couple of reasons first this movie came out in 2019 which isn't that like golden era of rom-coms that i feel like i focused on for the top 10 um kind of like palm springs that was a later edition as well Uh, Second, this movie is more focused on what happens when the relationship ends, but it still had so many of those staples of a rom-com that it just, I feel like it wouldn't fit anywhere else. Uh, So what is this movie about? Um, It starts with the main character, Jenny, describing the horrible breakup she's just gone through after nine years with her boyfriend, Nate. Throughout the movie, Jenny and her two best friends, Blair and Erin, are trying to get tickets for a music festival they used to go to. This is... Jenny I said Gina but it's Jenny played by Gina that's gonna be a problem this is Jenny's idea supposedly to help her forget Nate but also so that she can see him again before she moves to San Francisco the movie switches between flashbacks of Jenny and Nate's relationship and the current time period where they are trying to get the tickets so Mark what are your initial feelings about someone great and why did you recommend that I watch it yeah, so this has been one of my favorites since I saw it. It's kind of gotten buried in Netflix a little bit in that like way that movies tend to do. But one, mm-hmm. the cast is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think we're at a point where I, I agree with a lot of your golden era of rom-com movies, where it's like, from a nostalgia place, I love them. Yes. But what we keep coming back to at the end of all your episodes I think it's like (laughs) why isn't there diversity in these movies why isn't there a changed point of view like Mm -hmm. and I think with all of these new rom-coms coming out on Netflix they're generally pretty bad like uh, (laughs) he's gotta have it where they just made she's gotta have had it and gender flipped it this was an original idea that I think plays with the form while still hitting the beats that we love so that's why I thought you should do it um but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get into it with you. I totally agree. I love that it has this more like modern female friendships. You know, it's not like the, like this golden rule that you never date somebody that your friend has dated. Like, I just really liked 
the female friendships, the banter, um, having more representation, the humor. <laughs> there were so many times I laughed out loud, especially watching with subtitles, like because they all talk very fast, but I caught so much more of it and I was just cracking up so often. Um, and then it just seems more realistic, you know, I and I yeah. understand there's like the big music festival and that's not something everyone experiences, but like it just felt much more real than most rom-coms do. And I look at it like you move this to Green Bay where we grew up and like <laughs> yeah, you swap out the music festival for like celebrate to peer and you're on a beer run. Like, yeah, that's or like, the, you hit the same emotional highs and lows. <laughs> yes, like country USA and exactly. you're getting beer. Like it's all the same thing. <laughs> if you're in Wisconsin, you're getting beer. <laughs> yep, yep. Maybe some cheese curds, which I miss. For sure. Definitely got to have some cheese curds. Um, all right. So let's dig in. So what scenes did you think were the best throughout the movie? So I will start by saying I had the fortune of getting to see the scenes that Anna picked, that you picked. <laughs> so I did pick around them because some of them definitely would have overlapped. So I will, here, here are the ones that, that did not overlap. The way I screamed in the opening, like, cold open and she's <laughs> yes. sitting on a platform talking to Michelle Boutreau I believe is her name hilarious com comedian she has a show on Netflix now as well check it out <laughs> but the way these two bounce off each other and it is like absolutely you've had that drunk conversation with a stranger <laughs> when you're just like going through it and I don't am I allowed to swear on this should I not swear on yes, this yes you can you're good the line where she says Look at you with your pretty teeth and shit. The way I yelped, like <laughs> it, it, it came out of me almost it, like a feral laugh. And I could not get like, that's it. But I think it also drops a lot of exposition really early, which is like, I broke up with my boyfriend. We've been together nine months because I got this job. And this is like, he broke up with me and it's sad, but then it, like the comedy hits mm -hmm. and the way she ends it with nah, I'm over this conversation and Michelle Boutreau just walks <laughs> up and leaves her sitting there on the <laughs> the way I like I could watch that scene on loop that is I don't understand TikTok I believe it's what TikTok is meant for is just clicking <laughs> that scene um and then that transitions right into a super cut that has the song super cut by lord <laughs> <laughs> that gets you like an idea of what their relationship was and it's not rainbows and butterflies all the time it's like mm -hmm. you get to see high points low points I don't know I, I thought that first like five minutes really contextualize the characters for the next bit and then I would be a bad homosexual if I didn't say the RuPaul scene I don't think he is a good actor I actually think he is like an like an actively bad actor but <laughs> if you're gonna pick someone to sell drugs to these women in New York, why not have it be RuPaul? Um, and he did give terrible advice of go get your man back, but that is advice RuPaul would give. He is very into uh, uh, being being a little bit of a life coach without any sort of training. <laughs> so I, I, mean, I had does anyone to... really have training in a, being a life coach? Like, no. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Your eyes, go chase your man. Like, no, she has a job. <laughs> I love the supercut because like it's not just her and Nate it's also her and her friends yes um I just I it's so perfect you're right it's just so perfect I love it um and and I didn't touch on any of the friends at all because again we're gonna get into those in your scenes but I think that was my favorite component of the movie is their dynamic yes, absolutely um, so for me, I have a super small scene, just her in the kitchen dancing in her underwear. And then, um, Aaron comes in and just like immediately grabs on to that feeling. Um, it's so good. I love the song, love the friend energy. It's just perfect. Um, the getting ready to go out. Uh, I love best friends who nap together. That's, um, our, <laughs> our childhood friend, Jenna Hindskill and I, we would do that where it was just like, oh, do you want to hang out? Yeah, cool. We'd each get on a couch and nap. Um, Hi, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bitches and bangers playlist is just phenomenal. Um, everybody. We all have that playlist, right? Yes. 
<laughs> like from college when you were getting ready to go out um that like hype you up type of playlist um and that whole scene they are so weird like they do so much and they're so weird but it's like the only like the type of weird you can only be with people that you are so secure in their love for you um and that I just it's so apparent just from that scene like that these women are they're there for each other no matter what and it, like, wasn't especially sexy. And the way that she comes out in this outfit that is confused in my mind. But her <laughs> friends are like, you know what? You have a feeling. You go with it. It was like, <laughs> couldn't be me. <laughs> I don't know. I just, exactly. You can only do that with your best friends. Like, Yes. I love that. Um, I do have to say, like, the dancing, getting dressed, like, whole montage um, they're in their 30s or they're 30 and I'm 32 and I think like I was just like this is so not my life like I am not in this <laughs> position anymore it made me feel very like oh yes college was like that um, but that is just not not my experience and I was like good for them like get it oh that's so funny that is very much my life not in a glamorous way <laughs> but it's like oh we going out tonight and maybe not the getting dressed part, but like there are texts flying back and forth while the music is playing at my place. And it's like, you're going to come by for drinks before and we going to uh, kiki a little bit and then we're going to go hit the streets. <laughs> um, yeah, that is like not my jam. I am very much like my husband likes to socialize and I'll be like, you go out. I'm going to stay in and I'm going to like watch some SVU or some Star Wars and then go to bed at a reasonable time. So like... <laughs> I inevitably always end up in a pair of jeans and usually a pretty solid colored shirt. So like the excitement isn't there, but, but we bring it, we bring it to the party. <laughs> um, and it leads right into the bodega scene um, where she's like dreaming of you comes on. She gets these few tiny like flashbacks. Um, and then she just like starts singing in the bodega and her friends at first are like, what? Oh, we're doing this. And she's using the string cheese as a mic and like both girls end up joining in. And finally the bodega man is just like, get out of here. Like, stop this. And she's like ready to fight him. Jenny's ready to fight him. And Blair, like the apologizing for your drunk friends. I felt that so, so solidly. Cause like, I don't really drink a whole lot. So I'm very often in the like apologetic mom role of the group where I'm like, I'm so sorry. I will take care of them. We will leave now. So like, the like, most yeah. the most New York thing, I mean, the whole movie takes place in New York City. I don't know if we mentioned that, but was when they got outside and, okay, remind me, which one is Britney Snow? Blair? That's Blair. Okay. I definitely have something wrong on my little sheet here, but Blair <laughs> going, you can't fight with your bodega, that guy. Now I have to walk three extra blocks to get a bagel. And like, I live in DC. My friends are up in New York and I'll go and they're like, no, 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 no. We go in there and we are the most respectful. It's like, yeah, of course. Like, well, because if we mess this up, our lives are over. We have to move. Like, <laughs> and I have like no like, concept of that yeah. because I grocery shop at like the giant ass yeah. festival. So like, <laughs> I'm from the Midwest. I'm not going to go in and start swearing at a <laughs> bodega guy. And they're like, well, you'd be surprised. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, next I had Jenny on the train. This is just like so profound. Um, I, again, like I don't have a lot of these experiences because I live in a small city in the Midwest, but like being alone in such a public place of, and like, she's completely in her thoughts, um, coming to the realization that like her and Nate are not supposed to be together. Like as much as she loves him, as much as he loves her, as much as they want to be like, this isn't right. Um, and it's not just her moving that's caused it. And there's this line where she's like, when you let the light in, shattered glass will glitter. And it's this, I love finding the beauty in things that are sad or painful or difficult. Like, I love a sad movie. And it's and I love that she got to come to that by herself. Like, mm -hmm. and it, it kind of pads out her character again is like, this person writes like she processes these thoughts internally. She writes. That's why she's moving to, to yes. take this great job. 
so to have her actively writing and we get the voiceover, I agreed with you. I, I was so happy you had that on both those quotes on there. I love it. Um, I also had the Blair and Aaron fight scene outside of the, what is it? Neon classic. Yeah. Um, it just felt again, very real, like two people who love each other very much, who are frustrated with each other's actions. And I love that Blair calls Aaron out for her shit and Aaron admitting like that she's scared. She doesn't want to have to change. And everybody's had that where you're like, Mm -hmm. things are not working for me right now, but I'm too scared to like make that jump into something uncomfortable and different. And I just love it when she's trying to get her to say, I love you back. Like it just, (laughs) I just, I just, it felt so real of just like, I love you and you're being dumb and we need to, grow together not like grow apart and it's it's not that i didn't like the fight scene with jenny not gina (laughs) jenny and uh aaron i thought that was good too but it was a little bit more like you're being a bad friend no i'm being a good friend all right separate this was like oh no we're not fighting but i'm gonna call your i'm gonna call you out on your shit like yes you you are saying it's all these other things and it's not you just need to make a decision on like arrested development or growth. And obviously, you know, they are on Molly. I'm sure that helped uh, (laughs) grease some of her wheels, but I, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was, it wasn't a fight as much as it was like, we're going to tell some hard truths that aren't meant to break us up. It's meant to bring us closer. Like they end saying, I love you as opposed to having to go do their own thing and then come back together. I love that, that distinction of it not actually being a fight. That's beautiful. Um, and then finally, I have the ending. Uh, the fake out of Nate coming back to try and fix it. I was so faked out. And I was like, that is not where I thought this was going. And like, I have very conflicted feelings. And then it turned out not being real. And I was like, oh, okay. That's totally fine. Like, I feel much better. Um, but I love that like her friends are the ones who actually come for her. And they're like, they know where she's going to be. They figured yep. out. Um, and <laughs> I have like a direct quote from my notes, which is like, good, sad. That's the real shit right there. I don't know what I was <laughs> feeling while I was watching this. Except for you I were understand. feeling good, sad. Like, that's a good thing. Like, I don't feel like not feeling negative emotions is healthy. You need to feel your negative yeah. emotions. So um, <laughs> I guess I was just really, really <laughs> feeling that. Um, and I love that Jenny is like, She's happy that Blair and Matt are getting together. And I feel like that should be more normalized. Like if it doesn't work out with you and someone else, you don't have this like propriety over them. And were Matt and Jenny ever together? Did she just have a crush? Like I was feeling the anxiety and I've seen this movie three or four times, but I couldn't remember exactly how I was like, wait, when does Jenny find out about this? Like there's gotta be. And I was like, wait, okay, maybe she just doesn't. And then it hit me. I was like, wait, do, were they ever together? I don't well, and think like, so. I think she just had a little crush. But I just feel which like I understand every, the, the anxiety of it for her friend, but. I just feel like every rom-commy movie or any movie really that has women in it together would like make that a thing where it's like, yeah. you can't go after someone's ex. And it's just like, if you have this, like, it's different if they, like, really hurt you or something happened. Yeah. But, like, I just feel like I love that. Well, Anna, as um, we all know, two women cannot be friends unless there are no <laughs> men in their lives. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, I love the line, tonight was long. <laughs> it's yeah. like, everybody's had those nights where you're just like, we need to get to a bed because this day needs yeah. to be done. <laughs> <laughs> the the bit that got me was when when she was walking into the park first I was like hmm she's 29 um she, and she's she's on drugs and she's alone in the middle of the night in New York I'm like this girl is making a bad decision this is not safe and I had to laugh where they come in and Aaron's like how did you not get robbed? I was like, okay, good. It wasn't just me that thought this. They like, she, or they're like, your butt is completely out. Yes, I know. I was like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> like, oh my god. Like, 
Oh, uh, but How I did just you not get robbed. Oh my gosh, I fell asleep. I I, I giggled. I giggled. Yeah, that's just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I and I love that they're just all so happy for each other. Like they're yeah. happy about Matt and Blair potentially becoming a thing. They're happy about Aaron finally telling Leah that she loves her, and I just they're just genuine. Like the happiness just felt so genuine. Yeah, and, and I love it. That. it it bookends that first scene that I talked about with the woman on the bench where she's like, mm-hmm. you're not going to date with high speed internet and FaceTime and things <laughs> like when they're talking about how their friendship will change, but not for the worse. It's like, we got high speed internet and FaceTime. We can still do the poop talk. Like <laughs> that, that was like, do you want to join? No, that's weird. I never want to see. <laughs> but I mean, I don't have that tradition with my friends, but I have weird traditions with my friends that from the outside looking in you're not a you don't want to be a part of it (laughs) right yeah like it's just and especially as you grow older and your friends and family and kind of spread out you have to find a way to adapt and yeah I they just have that already where they're already they've already got the poop talks they're just gonna have to bring (laughs) it to a new time zone and they'll be good Yes, she's going to have to wake up very early if it's that first morning. (laughs) Next, let's look at this cast. Like you mentioned, they are fantastic. Uh, Gina Rodriguez plays Jenny. Lakeith Stanfield plays Nate. Brittany Snow as Blair. DeWanda Wise as Aaron. And then there are some cameos. We have Rosario Dawson as Nate's cousin and RuPaul as Hype, the Molly dealer, and Questlove (laughs) as himself. So what would you say are the highlights of the cast or what changes would you make to the cast? So I think those core four, like the the three friends, uh, Gina Rodriguez, Brittany Snow, and DeWanda Wise, Mm -hmm. and then Lakeith Stanfield. Like, I... I would watch any of them do anything. How mm. long has Britney Snow been 26? I don't know. I feel Forever. like Forever. I love and she pulls it off. It's not like, all right, this character. Well, um th- those and obviously RuPaul just because I I am a drag race super fan. <laughs> but like getting to see them do something else is always very fun. Um yeah, what are your thoughts? I I know we I mean, yeah, I'm curious on yours. Um, I love them. It was, I love the cast. It's very high on my list of reasons why I enjoyed this movie so much. Um, their chemistry is just fantastic, especially like the three girls. Sometimes it's hard to like feel that real genuine friendship in a movie between anybody. And for the three of them, like you can legitimately think that they have been close friends for over a decade. It just feels legit. Um, I and it's also with like Gina Rodriguez and Lakeith Stanfield, their relationship feels very real. Yes. And I think part of that is the like the fact that it's not all sunshines and ro- sunshine and rainbows or whatever. Like there are more real aspects of the relationship, but also just the two of them feel very real. Um, I I feel bad saying this. I would maybe leave out Rosario Dawson. I just feel like she is so much bigger than this. See, I don't even know if I agree with that. I just felt like that scene didn't make sense. Like, okay, I, you Rosario don't Dawson feel that way fine. because you're not watching Ahsoka and you That's haven't it. seen her as Ahsoka. <laughs> and like, I was like, bigger like than Lakeith, title. St- bigger than Oscar-nominated actor Lakeith Stanfield. I'm like, okay, we're on different planes where I'm like bigger than Star Wars idol character, Ahsoka Tano. Like, agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I know Rosario Dawson, sadly, as uh, well, that movie Kids, which is traumatizing, and then Cory Booker's ex girlfriend. So I know her from Rent. She's Mimi in Rent. Okay. And then she was in Josie and the Pussycats. So I love that movie so much. Um, and then now it, uh, in Star Wars, like I'm I'm a okay. nerd. So like that's my jam. And she's amazing. She's my favorite character. I mean, you get Britney Snow then in from all of the Pitch Perfect movies, which came out mm-hmm. at like a perfect time when I was in college and just <laughs> kind yeah. of hit in the way you want. 
I think the one I knew the least, but also really enjoyed was Dewanda Weiss. Um, she did the Spike Lee TV show. I can't remember what it was called. She was in The Harder They Fall, which is another Netflix movie. And then the new Jurassic Park movies. She's great oh. in everything, but I think like this was her, I mean, outside of her TV show where she was the lead, it was fun to get to see her really like hold her own on screen in a way that she's clearly able to, but the movie allowed her. It wasn't like her and yes. dinosaurs and things. It was like, no, yeah. she's just being herself. So, and she's like stunning. She is oh so gorgeous. Um, I just really, I just enjoyed all of them. Yeah. Um, I even have like a soft spot for Blair's boyfriend. I just know him from SNL because he plays Eric Trump. And so like I could not picture him as anything else. I can only picture him as Eric Trump. And I was like, either Eric Trump or the guy who owns a yacht or whatever it is, or like guy who owns a boat. So perfect transition to changing of the cast. I hate every man Blair has sex with. The actor, the character, I'm like, I started with him, the first boyfriend. He just seemed a little too old. Like, the energy was there, but I was like, oh, this feels like a gross uncle. And maybe it's because he plays Eric Trump on SNL, and I'm, like, bringing that baggage with me. But I was like, ah, but we do know that guy. Um, so I said, if, if I was putting someone else in there, and he's probably too young for when this movie came out, but now he might be able to is the kid from Sex Education. Okay, uh, I have such Butterfield. a hard time I have such a hard time seeing him like as an adult though because I only see him as like teenage high school kid from Sex Education. But I think he has that like what? My actions are <laughs> very nice and they're helpful, right? It's like, yes, and everything you're doing is annoying. Like he has the face that can pull off okay. both I'm seeing very it. Very in tune it. with the person and their needs, but to a point where it's annoying and he can't get to that level of how it's overbearing, I think. Like, I don't know. And then the other guy, Matt, was giving me strong Ichabod Crane vibes. That hair, the... the I, I didn't love. I didn't love it. I know he was yeah. supposed to be, like, a jerk, maybe, but, like, also have a turn in the movie where he like is actually a good guy and we put this this energy on him because of something that happened in college he reminds me i don't know if you listen to greta van fleet but they're my favorite band and he reminds me of the drummer danny from that band and it's something with like the hair and the nose and i love that band so i was just like inherently i had like this soft spot for him and i was like i hope he is actually like decent um but now I'm not now I'm gonna have Ichabod Crane stuck Yeah, in my I was gonna head. say, may I recommend every uh Headless Horseman movie show because they all look just like that. <laughs> my god, um, okay. I do think the editing did him a little dirty though. I'll give him that, where like kind of one of his turns where it's like, I care about you as a person, not as like a sexual conquest towards Jenny is when he gives his line like, oh, you need to feel your heartbreak, whatever, you know, like oh, that's yeah. how you know it was real. They like made a weird camera move. So it was voiceover and it just really grinded my gears. It was like, show the man, like say it, don't shoot to like behind his head in a weird over the shoulder. I don't know. It His big moment, I feel like was kind of ruined a little bit in the editing. Mm. I said I would, and again, now you're going to say another high schooler. Maybe I need to update my, is, uh, Jacob, is it Alordi? I think he's, so, yeah. He, he does the Euphoria stuff, but he's also in some other, I don't know, like big movies coming out. And he has like mean guy face and he's mean, mean guy face. But I think could turn it and be very charming when he needs to be. So, I need like, to see him in something where he's not an asshole. Yeah. Because I've that's only fair. seen him in Euphoria and in um the first like kissing booth which I think I watched when I was sick one time and um and I'm judging you for it go for it please do (laughs) I have not watched the rest of them because I was like I don't how do you make another one of these anyways um and both of those he's just a jerk so I was like I need to see him and he's like legitimately scary in euphoria so I'm like I need to see if he can if he can be a nice person (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> play that um 
because right now I'm just like he's terrifying and he's a giant like yeah that I think that's maybe why like I I don't know I think he could pull the turn he'd just have to put his little British accent in there Australian wherever he's from and I'd be like you're right you cute (laughs) (laughs) I just think of him next to like the tiny girl that plays Maddie and I'm like yeah oh it's terrifying it's so so scary (laughs) (laughs) okay I want to see I think because he's so good in euphoria that I want to see him play something nice and he has a big role coming up I'll have to look it up on IMDb but like I think he's going to be Elvis in like the new that's it yes the new Priscilla Priscilla movie movie. yep which is Sofia Coppola all right okay we're getting there yeah that's prestige baby All right, so normally we would talk about how the movie holds up in the 2020s, but since this was made in 2019, I'm going to kind of switch this up, and I want us to look at the top two ways that this is different than the stereotypical rom-coms of the 80s, 90s, and aughts. So, Mark, how do you feel this movie is different than our, you know, quintessential golden age rom-coms? I I don't think, yes, I don't think in the 80s and 90s they would have given any of her friends an interior life. I think they would have been very snippy and have like, you go girl, or nah, not gonna, not gonna date him again. Like, all of these women lived in a real world. Like, that was not controlled by Jenny. Yes. Um, and I, I can't think of another rom-com where that's true. Like, the, I, I feel like you always kind of get the friends, but they the are... sidekicks. Correct. These women were not sidekicks. Their their power dynamics seemed pretty even. Yes, agreed. Um, and then I kind of like that there weren't villains. Like, it's not who is going to steal Nate. It's not who is trying to break her and Nate up or the friend group up. There wasn't, like... Oh, remember that other girl from when I studied abroad? She's going to come with us and cause problems. It's like, or even like Nate isn't a villain. Correct. Like, it's just real. Exactly. Like the if we're going to talk about villains, I was like, what is it? Like time? Is it her ambition? But they never paint ambition as the problem. It's not no. like, and of course, I love this movie. Like. Uh, the proposal where it's like she just works so hard and she can't find love because she cares it's like no this person has love <laughs> finds love and deserves if you're to a succeed. woman and you <laughs> exactly. work hard you will not find love never never <laughs> you are so successful that... <laughs> you're a shrew <laughs> i'm a shrew and i'm not successful no <laughs> i'm a shrew and i'm happily married <laughs> so i think those are my biggest like where i couldn't see it playing in that type of traditional rom-com space because it, it I don't know those those ideas don't fit the form of like sprint to the altar at the end right. or things along those lines what about you totally what do you think um for me one was the drug use like it's so casual and I feel like in earlier movies like especially rom-coms it was never that casual if someone did drugs. Um, and it's such a big part of the plot. Like, such <laughs> getting the Molly from hype. And I feel super weird saying that statement because I'm... Because that sentence is bananas, getting the yes. Molly from hype. <laughs> yes. Like, I just feel so strange. It feels very weird coming out of my mouth. Um, and then also, like, there's just very casual, like, pot use. Um, which I feel like pot was always kind of like that catalyst in like, you know, 80s, 90s aughts movies. It was like, if there was drug use, it was a weed scene and it was like one scene and yeah. everybody was super goofy. Oh no, this is much more turned casual. Into, to pot brownies. Now what's going to happen? It's like, right. Yeah. And um, I think of like the movie, It's Complicated, where they like, I'll get high in the bathroom and it's like it was something that was like hidden and not um and it was this is much more casual like it's just yeah to get through like and I don't know when weed became legal in New York City but like I don't know if that's when this was but like they legit like they smoke a joint on a stoop yeah and um I just feel like that was very 
of the time versus yeah that golden age or whatever you want to say and i i think that kind of goes to the beginning where i was like the form of the rom-com is changing i can name and maybe it's like rom-com slash women can be friends movies where (laughs) name i can name like three or four off the top of my head where the women go to a bachelorette party or something and like somehow molly is getting mixed in somehow cocaine and never as casually maybe as here like that's always a plot point but i think the understanding of like these things exist in society is becoming more casual i don't know if they're always the mechanism to move the plot forward as much as it was in this yeah i Um, also like you said most of it is like they're actively trying to get these things like and I had some questions about uh, the way that Molly impacted these these three women because it seemed to be from highs to lows to highs to lows very quickly. And if I was, I have, I have no context. I have no, literally no idea. <laughs> but I like I like to believe if someone came to my door after months of dating and was rolling and was like, "I need to tell you I love you," my thought wouldn't be like, "Absolutely, let's make this official." It would be like. <laughs> We need to get you some water because. Or like have this conversation when you're not inebriated. Correct. Like this is a huge Correct. monumental conversation that it... I personally like I live. Okay. I live in Wisconsin. Drinking is a huge part of the culture here. Yes. I don't trust anything someone says if they've been drinking, like as or, a rule. Or, or you, you don't... can't, you can't hold them. Uh, you can hold them accountable. That's the wrong way. A declaration of love after a Packers game looks a little different than after, as they joke, the farmer's market. Right. 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 I just don't, I don't trust anyone's word if they've been drinking. It's like, okay, cool. That's really great that you said that. Let's have this conversation tomorrow morning and see if we're still on the same page. Like, yep. um, That's a really good point. And Uh, I will say I've probably made dozens, if not hundreds of declarations of love after a Packers game. <laughs> well, everybody loves everybody after a Packers game if they won. That's legit. You love the whole city after a Packers game if it's a win. Um, my second thing was the happy ending. So, like, and I do think this movie has a happy ending. I absolutely do. Yeah. Um, so the majority of the story is about Jenny like trying to she's just grappling with this breakup. She's trying to figure out what it means um how she feels about it and it still has like those highlights from their relationship which is like super cute so many of them are so adorable um and for like in a you know 90s rom-com template this would be an unhappy ending like it would not be a rom-com because they do not end up together and they do not ride off into the sunset and have 2.5 babies and you know buy a farm like this it just shows a real relationship all of the arguments that they had showing that this isn't just like he can't deal with the long distance or he's mad that she got this you know more prestigious job than what he has or something some bullshit that it would be in one of those quintessential rom-coms yeah like it's I think it's still a happy ending because she does get this amazing, she goes to this amazing job. Her friendship is, her friendships are intact and stronger Mm -hmm. than ever. And she has this like happy moment with her friends and figuring out that this isn't like being with Nate isn't where she's supposed to be. And I love that. And, And her bit about like, but it wasn't wasted time either. It was like that love will always be there. The, I learned a lot about myself. It's what I needed at the time. Mm-hmm. I, But he also needed me. And now we've gone in this space where it's like, again, you got to let those those broken glasses, like the broken glass has to fall for a bit. And it's going to be tough. But then you can look back and still be happy that it, it occurred. Well, um, like everybody said those relationships that are like, they end and they're messy and you're pissed and like, yeah. you don't know what, like why you did that. Like what, you got from the relationship but like I think it's a more modern take to be like look back on a relationship with a healthy lens and be like it hurt when it ended 
but I got so much from it. Yeah. And like, I don't need to be like, bitter and upset about it. So gross that I'm giving Matt credit for that, where it's like, <laughs> it's okay to feel bad right now because that means it mattered. But oh, he shouldn't have been the one to deliver <laughs> that line. Give that to hype. I just love <laughs> how pissed you are about that. That is beautiful to me. <laughs> Okay, so now we're going to go into the best worst categories. So we're going to start with the best part. Um, For me, it is the humor. Hands down, there were so many times I laughed out loud. Like so many just one-liners that I wrote down. Um, There's like right at the beginning in that like supercut, there's the what color goes best with anxiety. And I've (laughs) never felt more seen. Um, Like... I know we don't like Alex Moffat as the boyfriend at the beginning, but like I love him on SNL, so I just have to. He delivered well. He he did yes. what he was there to do. Yeah, and he like is convincing. Um, yep. The you know crowds make me uncomfortable in this political climate, <laughs> and I was like, I need to start using that instead of just like I don't like people being just like it's the political climate. <laughs> um, yeah, and like. I leave in a week and then I turn 30 and then I die probably, <laughs> which like I did not have those <laughs> existential feelings when I turned 30. I was just like, hey, I'm 30. It's fine. Um, but I know some people like legitimately have a hard time with turning oh, 30. In the gay community, they like kind of jokingly call it gay death. I didn't get the anxiety. <laughs> but like also don't call me daddy because I'm 31 <laughs> years old. I'm just 31 <laughs> um the whole bit about like bad blair i love when they like chant yes. it um and she's just like every time she does something and she's like how she smokes a joint she looks so funny and like i just love that they the bad blair is fantastic <laughs> um when they run into matt and erin just like curls her lips at him like and it, I am someone who every emotion shows on my face. It is something I've been trying to fix since I was in middle school. And I just think it's stuck. I just think this is the way it is. (laughs) Um, So like, I've definitely made that face when running into someone who has wronged one of my friends. Um, And he's just like, oh, still hate me. Got it. Don't, we don't need any more words. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I just loved the humor. There were so many times that I was just laughing aloud, like to myself in the living room. Um, and I just, I enjoyed that a lot. What about you? The best part? Well, I had to laugh because my college roommates, we all had our, our version of Bad Blair. So Bad Mark would have been Marcus. Um, and I would speak Danish with people who did not speak Danish. <laughs> um, do you speak Danish? I do. I, I, fun I fact, I didn't I do. know. Um, not well, but I can speak it. <laughs> um, okay, so we touched on a lot of these. The chemistry between the women is incredible. Mm. Um, for better or worse, I cried like two or three times. Fun fact, I watched this for the first time on an airplane. Oh, uh, no. I don't know. Airplanes make you crazy. And I had, it wasn't really a relationship, but it was like going through things. I was crying at the supercut, supercut. I was like, get it together. <laughs> so I was like, oh. And even rewatching it, there's still like different points that hit me as I've aged, aged mm-hmm. in what, the last four years? But I think it's my been favorite a tough thing- four years, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. This, this airplane was, uh, I had never worn a mask before. Um, oh, no. But I think the structure of it is what works best for me is like you get the flashbacks but it's not a flashback movie but it's not quite linear and i think they don't villainize nate like he's kind of an enigma we don't really know his side of things Mm -hmm. but he's not a villain and it's you get little again those little insights that i think help solidify all of the feelings we're supposed to feel that said i hated how they're just like, oh, she's in college. Give her these horrible bangs. That did not work for me. <laughs> I, um, the thing that really got to me about Nate, because like you said, we don't see his side. But the th- the scene that got me probably the worst was when they're at the Neon Classic 
they see each other they're too far away to actually talk and she just mouths I love you and he mouths forever and like it leaves it at that we're like it's just it was so sad like yeah when you're like this has run its course but I will always love you forever yeah um and that's, that's real. Where I felt like, like yes when you've had those deep relationships and they end it's like that is like I I wouldn't have been able to talk to uh my former partner in that situation in that headspace Mm-mm. and been like oh we should but I would have done exactly what she was doing which was like I need to do it I need to do it come through on a friend move being like I'm gonna dance in your way because you're not gonna <laughs> um, but like those emotions are still real of like oh I do love that person but I just felt like that really showed like it really solidified him as not the villain like yeah this like amicable moment that they have in this ridiculously hellscape of a crowded room to me I was like there are like no exits there are no windows that is my hellscape (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was like absolutely not so many people you don't like bunker Uh, clubs nope hard pass (laughs) like I have a hard time in any crowd and if it's enclosed that's like especially in this political climate especially in this yes my new excuse (laughs) covid was like terrible okay covid was a terrible global (laughs) pandemic but it did you know what's worse (laughs) it did allow me to back out of plans as much as i wanted to (laughs) now i don't have that excuse (laughs) oh my god okay (laughs) clubs are worse okay (laughs) okay get it together um next is the worst part so for for me you're gonna just make fun of me for this I am too old and unhip to know the music where I was like I know this soundtrack is good and I know that it's doing things but I don't know what's happening and it made me feel literally ancient like I was withering to nothing on my couch Listeners, this is the point where I slam my computer shut. <laughs> How dare you not know these? Big Frida um, sampled on the new Beyonce. She is like a non-binary bounce person from uh, New Orleans. So anytime you felt yourself kind of like bopping, that was Big Frida. You had Lord, you had Vampire Weekend, Lil' Kim, Robin, Okay. Um, these are all then, uh, some of these are like queer staples too, in the sense of like you go to the gay bars and it's like you're gonna hear Robin that song "Missing You." You're gonna hear it every night, and then right after "Dancing on My Own." <laughs> I okay, um, like I listen to a lot of classic rock and oh yeah, not Brad a lot. Van Fleet. Like <laughs> that's what I listen to the most, and I have a really hard time finding new artists because I am old. <laughs> see and i i yeah i guess this is force fed and just i mean this is big city music no uh like vampire weekend was my high school so like when okay, i do Moore, know vampire weekend when they came on i was like oh this is it jesse reyes is kind of again in that like queer space she was the one that was on stage at the club okay. place um, I was just glad that I knew Questlove. I was like, Questlove, hey, yeah. DJ. look at me. I am hip and cool. And of course, we all know Lizzo. Like, her song was... Okay, that was it. I knew that. That was the one that, like, the dance scene when they walk in the... But also scored the trailer for it. So, like, they oh. knew what they were doing. This felt like a modern version of, like, the OC, where they're like, we're going to get just but in a way more fun way than the OC. Like, just big enough names where they're going to blow up, but not quite there yet where we can get them on the cheap. Yes. <laughs> and now Big um, Frida works with like Beyonce. The OC, One Tree Hill. Yes. That was their jam. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay, so your worst part. The scene where they go to pick up the bands and that man invited them up in hopes that they were just going to hook up. I was so uncomfortable the entire time i do um, love that his dog's name is barbara streisand though that was so and i like jabuki jabuki's the the actor he's a comedian he's very funny it's just like i can't 
I get scared when I go to pick up like a bath mat that somebody is selling because they got too many sent to them from Amazon. And it's like, oh yeah, just come to my house. I thought you were going to say like a secondhand bath mat. And I was like, Mark, we need to have a discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Bath mat was maybe the wrong, wrong example, but like, I don't know, dresser, like you're already anxious. Now they're walking into this man's home, but the scene was funny. It's just that idea When he said, like, no guys, that was the biggest red flag I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, you could not have paid me enough to walk into that building. Correct. Or I I did laugh when she put her keys in her hand. Like, oh, yeah, we got this. And it's like, no, you are are so far behind already if you think that's it. But that was my least favorite. I hate having to put my keys between my fingers in a parking lot at night. It makes me so angry. (laughs) And now you're choosing to do this. Yes. But that, yeah, I, I I liked the character that I did laugh that she stole the fancy tequila, like bad, <laughs> bad Blair really came out hard, but it, it was not the scene for me. I agree with that. Uh, next, we have the best actor. Um, so for me, it has to be Gina Rodriguez as Jenny. Um, she, I haven't seen her in a whole lot because I've never watched Jane the Virgin. Yeah. Um, but her emotions were just so tangible like I just felt everything she made me cry all the time um and she's beautiful and like even when she's in that really goofy outfit that I did not realize was a goofy outfit because I dress like Adam Sandler on the daily like (laughs) I was like why is everyone making fun of this outfit like it looks comfy (laughs) so but she's just a stunning and like during the breakup she has a line like what if we're meant to be together and that's what got me and that's when I texted you because I was so mad that I was <laughs> crying in my living room um and I just felt like she was really real like there were times when like she was super frustrating like when she's trying to find him and like she's not feeling her emotions and she's just like trying to bypass everything like you were frustrated but not in a way that's like scary movie don't open the door to a stranger kind of frustrated it was more just like that friend that you love that is making a stupid choice frustrated yeah and like and like a stupid choice you understand in the sense of like Mm -hmm. this girl's going through it sorry I'm I'm kind of backing up I was like this was one of my other favorite things it's like the two friends being like we're gonna make a lot of bad decisions but we (laughs) are chaperones today like we are here to say yes Mm -hmm. whatever you need until it gets to a point where we can't do that anymore. She Unless it pisses that. off the bodega man. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Unless you're burning down bodega relationships. Um, she was able to play the highs and lows of that. I don't know how much liquor they drank in this movie. But about 30 minutes in I go, I'm already taking a nap. But she played that very well. Of like peaks and yes. valleys of, you know, that drunk friend who's like having the best night ever. Something clicks and all of a sudden they're not anymore. Mm-hmm. So you got to find a way to click it back out, like back into at least a neutral space. I I, th- I agree with you. It's got to be her. Um, I said Brittany Snow as well, just because she has to play like holding it together, bad Blair, hiding something from her friend, but then also being like the anchor for the chaos around her. Yes. Um, but she does that well. I think she does that in a lot of her roles. Um, but no, Gina Rodriguez is... Without that role working, the whole movie falls apart. Like you got to be on her side, as you said, when they're when she's making destructive decisions. We'll say yes, very yes, great point. Um, next is the worst actor. Again, I feel bad saying it. I know you're not on the same Rosario Dawson level that I am currently <laughs> on, but like when we're recording this, fellow nerds episode five of Ahsoka just dropped and it was a legitimate masterpiece and I just feel like that scene doesn't make sense to me in the first place like it it felt like something that was added later just to like have her in it um and I just don't see the point of having like I get I get that it's probably supposed to be a cameo but it felt like more than a cameo and also not enough at the same time it was just really weird it feels like friend with the director happened to be in New York. Yes. Not not bad, but just like, oh, we can add something here. Yeah. Um, and I just, 
it that was the first thing that like took me out of the movie like everything else I was totally in I was feeling it I was getting it I was understanding and then that I was like oh I'm watching a movie it and then it never came out. back it's not like yeah. oh the they, the picture she took was a problem or anything it was just like right. nope, nope you're gonna bump into people who make you uncomfortable right agreed what about you oh you kind of mentioned this, but... Yeah, I, I kind of already touched on this. Again, RuPaul can't act, but I'm glad they're there. I want RuPaul and everything. Um, and then I will I will read my exact note. Ichabod Crane looking chump. I did not <laughs> like him at all. <laughs> I didn't like his face. I didn't like his character. And his big line fell flat for me, even though the, the thought behind that line hit. Him delivering it, I was like, no, oh, this... This could have been someone else. I have not thought about Ichabod Crane since I was a freshman in high school. And now this is just going to be a new thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Ichabod Crane. Oh, okay. Thoughts on the soundtrack. Um, I'm so old. That was my thought. Uh, it's It all fits really well. Like I could tell it was a good yeah. soundtrack. Um, I only really know Lizzo and then like the Moon River remix cover. Oh, Frank whatever. Ocean. Yeah. Um, I have to mention Brandon, his like only comment during this movie was when Truth Hurts came on, he was like, I hate this song. And I was like, excuse me. And he's like, <laughs> it says the Minnesota Vikings and it's really? this thing. And I was like, oh, my God. This is the most <laughs> Green Bay <laughs> grievance I have ever heard. That Green Bay grievance. Like, you can't hear Truth Hurts because it talks. There was actually like on the radio, they would beep out the Minnesota Vikings in Green oh, Bay. That's hilarious. I did not know that. <laughs> I do Things feel you've like. missed. <laughs> yeah, right. As much as I love the soundtrack, I do think it is part of what's going to age the movie much quicker. Like mm. in the sense of Lizzo is very much of the here and now. That song, like you remember when that song came out. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think those are, I really like it, but it in 10 years when I inevitably watch this movie again, I'll be like, oh no, I should be married or something. This is, I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so normally next we would look at the changes that we think would be made if it were made in modern times and who we would cast if it were made now, but we're going to reverse that since it's a newer movie. Um, so what we think would have changed if it had been made in the late 90s, early 2000s, and who they would have cast. So the overall changes, I went more like 2000s rather than 90s, because like you mentioned, okay. I feel like it's a very specific time. Um, like the music is very specific to the time. So I feel like yeah. I couldn't pick both 90s and 2000s because it wouldn't be niche enough. Um so I said the neon classic would have Kesha, Pitbull, and Lady Gaga. Essentially my bangers and bitches playlist from <laughs> uh, from college. Uh, I had that they would be looking for weed, not Molly. Because again, yep. that would have been like the big thing. Uh, they would be using MySpace to find both the weed and the neon classic stuff. Um, the way MySpace though- just brought me back into just a horrible, horrible time. Not not anything really that bad, but just like, God, that used to be our lives. Um, the top eight, <laughs> the like yes. absolute feralness that came with like <laughs> forming your top eight. Oh my God. Um, although I guess like that's a little bit more 90s than no, that's 2000. No, that's 2000. That was, that was high school. Yeah. yeah, middle um, school, high school. And then I feel like Jenny and Nate would have gotten back together. At the absolutely end, this was made then yeah they um, would have they would have hugged instead of doing their mouthing words to each other and that yes. would have been hugged though because it's the 90s and we can't show kissing no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god or like it would have been the cut scene like the fake out scene from the end would have been the real ending yeah and then they would have gotten married and she would have quit her job and they would have 2.5 children exactly um for casting, I feel like for Jenny, they would have done like Natalie Portman or Anna Ferris, like those quirky girls yeah. from that time. I thought that Nate would be like Matt Damon or Leo. I feel like that's a reach, but I just think of like Romeo and Juliet version Leo. Yeah. With like the his rom com days or rom com, yeah. like 
this is yeah, post Titanic. Yep. Um, or Josh Hartnett. I just saw Oppenheimer, and I think he needs to make a comeback because well, he whispers has aged like fine wine. Whispers is he's going to be Doctor Doom in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Whispers. I don't know if it's true, but okay. I need those whispers to become shouts. <laughs> um, Blair, I had Julia Stiles or Kirsten Dunst. Um, I feel like they always had like the straight laced yep. type of thing. Uh, Aaron, I had Zoe Saldana and Carrie Washington. Um, and then for hype, I had Tommy Chong because <laughs> I just felt like that would that would fit. <laughs> he he was he was the hype of that '70s show at that yes. time. It makes. Um, okay, so mine it would have been a lot less queer. Like, there's no way they're gonna let aaron be in a relationship not only with a woman but with another woman of color that's just not happening right um i said i don't again i don't think the friends would have gotten personalities or full-fledged stories but i think we would have maybe gotten some innates if they wanted them to get back together like we've discussed like we would have had to see him try to fight to get her back or like he had like to the have story his... would have been the two of them Yes, having one last date together. Like she yeah. kind of like she talks about in her book. Like, I wish we could have had one more breakfast that turns into one more, but we're out. That's what the movie plot would have been. It's like oh, it's our that last part. day. That uh, part got yeah. Me. yeah. One more breakfast and one more. Oh my yeah. I'm my sorry. God. I'm I, hey, I cried at that point too, so it's all right. Mm. And then I said the clothes would have been worse because every look for the most part was on it. Like I mm. I was very into the fashion. Casting, Jenny, I put Sarah Michelle. Okay, I went more 90s. Okay. Um, Sarah Michelle Geller, Buffy, like peak, also cruel intentions. Like now she gets to play somewhere in the middle. Or Jennifer Aniston. She might be a little mm-hmm. too old, but she looks incredible all the time. So hold on. Have you and watched I, Buffy? The, yes. Beautiful. Love this. Of okay. Of course continue. I have. <laughs> continue. Jennifer Jennifer Aniston, I think, can play the the looks on her face in a similar mm-hmm. way that um Gina Rodriguez can, where it's like she can go from high highs to low lows, and I think she would be great. Nate, I said would be Paul Rudd only because I love Clueless. Love it. Blair, I put Reese Witherspoon, or I would like to have seen Gabrielle Union. Like, this is maybe mm-hmm. 2099. Get to do something outside of what they allowed her to do and yes. bring it on like we know she has the range show it in the 90s um and she's like a, she's the britney snow ageless yes play a teenager for her entire life and like imagine getting to see bad blair but it's gabrielle union like that mm, would be very it. funny and then aaron i said natasha leone or mm. michelle rodriguez so those choices kind of like queer adjacent like kind of butch can pull off that queer coded yes sure. exactly that aesthetic that i think queer women of the 90s had they have and do uh pull that off regularly and hype would be carrot top <laughs> i hate that <laughs> I hate, and i love it at the same time but mostly i hate it yeah at the time we didn't know how crazy he'd get but yeah that's oh how my God. I, I wouldn't change the cast, but those are when I looked at 90s, I wanted to to dive back into that. And if oh that's actually gosh. 2000s, don't come for me. <laughs> We're not like actually carbon dating this, okay? We're doing our best. Um, all right. So do you have any final thoughts for us? Um, watch this movie. It's great. Um, yeah, that's it. There I don't is. really. This was fun. I love this. Okay, well, folks, that's all that we have for the final episode of season one of Stone Stop Tens. Thank you, Mark, for co-hosting with me, and thank you all for listening. I hope that you enjoyed it and that you will join us next week to listen to the premiere of season two, uh, which is about my favorite sports movies. Uh, Don't worry, there will definitely be more than 10 episodes because I have plenty of bonus picks and even an entire subcategory of kids sports movies because that's pretty much all I watched growing up. Um, (laughs) The artwork for the pod was created by Avery Summers. And please feel free to send me an email at stonestop10s at gmail.com. No apostrophe in the email address. I don't even know if you can put an apostrophe in an email address, but I feel like as an educator, I have to say it or I feel bad. (laughs) Um, But if you have any positive feedback, 
If you have any suggestions for rom-coms I missed that you think I should cover, especially if I've never seen them, send me an email and we may get some between season bonus episodes. If you'd like to get notifications about Stone's Top 10s, please subscribe to this podcast, the, this podcast, the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your pods and follow me on Instagram at Stone's Top 10s. I will see you next week for the first episode of season two, Invincible.